One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Look at his t-shirt. Don't look at me pressing the record button because this show isn't live. Hi, I'm Tempest, and that's Sat E. Nyangi. We are the House of the Black Mask here on the Wrestle Talk podcast channel, and this is our review of last night's SmackDown. Yes. <laughs> My man came prepared with the with the merch this week. You know what? Yeah, I saw the t-shirt yesterday. I was going to wear it for work. But I was like, no. Instead of wearing the t-shirt like a bib like I did last week, which is, uh, I had a good time doing that. I thought, you know what? Save the t-shirt for today. Hey, guys. Hey, Andy Datsun. Look, we're wearing a t-shirt. When I say we, if we. When I wear a t-shirt, he wears a t-shirt too. We work as a, you know, one organism. So go to WrestleShop.com in order to get your Jobber to the Stars t-shirt, as well as a number of other fantastic wrestling shirts right now. But maybe not right right now, because right now we have to talk about last night's SmackDown and Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns, because they had a very, very interesting promo. Kind of an extension of the Paul Heyman promo that was on Raw a couple of weeks ago that people really got all in a huff about. It was a very good promo, and now we got more of it. Make sure, of course, that you like this video, subscribe, and enable notifications so you never miss another WrestleTalk podcast just like it. We'll be back tomorrow, of course, with our live reactions to AEW Revolution. It's me and Pete giving you our live reactions so you don't want to miss that. Make sure you ring that bell so you're notified when it goes live. I remember what I usually say. What time is it? It's Sat E time and it's Sat E day. I've finally woken up. I know where I am now. Good. I'm, I'm here. I'm Good. Ready. I'm ready. Good to know you were just like sleepwalking through singing a song about your shirt. A sexy t shirt jumping to the stars. To the stars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, this, of course, is the Russell Talk podcast. We are talking about Cody and Roman Reigns because Roman Reigns immediately came out to start this episode of SmackDown because we knew he was going to be on this week's show. We thought he was going to be settling the whole Jay Uso thing, and that didn't happen this week. They're giving Jay Uso another week to really turn things around, but he did have to combat with the verbal assassination by Cody. Rhodes. Cody Rhodes comes out. He does a promo saying that Roman Reigns has become legend. It's been over 900 days since he won the, w, or the, the Universal Championship. 
And he says that at WrestleMania, he's going to do the impossible, do what no one's been able to do, and that's beat Roman Reigns. He says that every time he accomplishes something, people try and move the goalposts. He said that it would be impossible for him to be anything other than Randy Orton's understudy. He said it would be impossible for him to survive Stardust, and he said it would be impossible for them to sell 10,000 tickets to him and his buddy's little indie show. Nice little call out to All In. I've seen some people say that that was like a shot at AEW, but I think that's just people not having decent comprehension skills this was like a good way to put over how big of an accomplishment that was as it was in line with all the other accomplishments that he has had thus far and now his next accomplishment is going to be beating roman reigns at wrestlemania he says oh you you need your your backup and everything Mm -hmm. and roman reigns sends the entire bloodline to the back he puts his two belts in the middle of the ring and they just have a, a conversation roman reigns asks cody rhodes what do you want to talk about? Which I really, I just like whenever somebody asks that now. It's a, it's a, it's a nice callback. Cool yeah. Because that's Cody's thing. Yeah. I, I just like it. I like people using each other's catchphrases and getting I'm, a one I'm, up on I'm each wait, other. I'm waiting. Who wants story time with Sat E and Tempest, baby? Baby. <laughs> yes. So Roman Reigns then takes over and he says a bunch of stuff about Dusty. He says that he misses Dusty. He wishes Dusty was here. And he goes through the conversations that they had back in NXT about how Roman Reigns has it. And Roman Reigns does a very good Dusty Rhodes impression. Can, you, nice impression. can, can you do a Dusty Rhodes? When I was younger, but I haven't practiced in a long time. And I just sound, I'll sound like Daffy Duck. If I yeah, I, I, don't, I don't want to put anybody on the spot with an impression, but is you know, everybody knows what Dusty Rhodes sounds like, baby. Yeah, Roman Roan, Roman blah, 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 blah. Roman Reigns does his Dusty Rhodes impression, however, and says that in all those conversations that they had, you know what he said about Cody? Nothing. Nothing. Never once did Cody Rhodes come up in conversation between Dusty and Roman Reigns. Maybe that's what he talked about with Seth and Becky and all the other people down in the Performance Center, but with him, never once mentioned Cody. And this, again, goes back to what Paul Heyman was saying on Raw, that Roman Reigns was the son that Dusty Rhodes wished he'd had, and that Dusty Rhodes taught Roman Reigns all these things that Cody doesn't have the experience for, main eventing WrestleMania, Mm -hmm. wrestling for world championships in WWE, that sort of thing. This then leads into Cody Rhodes being worked up a little bit more in this promo here on this show, and saying, Roman... You didn't send Paul Heyman over to Raw to get inside my head. You apparently sent him to tell the truth. Because if that's the truth, then me beating you at WrestleMania isn't just the end of the story, isn't just an accomplishment, it's a necessity. I have to beat you, and may the better man win. And then they shake hands. And that's the end of the segment, pretty much. You know, the interesting thing about Cody Rhodes, it wasn't to the segment I realized. Cody Rhodes is playing what I call an AEW babyface. Yep. AEW baby faces, they admit their flaws. They basically they're like regular human beings. They're very down to yes. earth. Cause you can almost, you can almost say that Cody Rhodes is almost like a John Cena ilk of like, you know, I am a happy baby face, shaking hands, kissing babies, all that kind of stuff. But the thing that separates him and Cena, because the issue people had with Cena was Cena would get beaten up or you, you're chucking for a Titantron and it explode and the next week comes up happy and smiley, like yeah. nothing bad has happened. With Cody Rhodes. He openly admitted, you're good. Oh, you're so good. <laughs> I didn't know how good you were, like, as in Roman Reigns' manipulation. He sees, he knows what Roman Reigns is trying to do with him. He's trying mm-hmm. to get him riled up. 
And I think Cody in his mind is like, no matter how much he prepared for this moment, it still does not prepare for you when you actually do go against Roman Reigns because he's trying to get into his head. He, he knows what insecurities he may have had in the past, the resentments he had against Dusty's kids. So the feud is very straightforward. It is uh, Cody Rhodes, the son of Dusty Rhodes, versus one of Dusty's kids, arguably Dusty's greatest creation. Mm -hmm. That is the story. This is the story that I've been rooting for because for, for weeks, you know, everybody wanted on the Sami train. I, you know, I like Sami Zayn as well, but I saw the vision of what this storyline could be and I'm so happy that I felt vindicated by these promos because it's just the beginning. You can't call straightforward chair shots taken out, blah, blah, because after you do one week of them fighting each other, you next have to do, get an ambulance involved and then run him over for an ambulance. Look at NWO storyline with, with, with The Rock. You, they're starting off slow, subtle, and at the same time this is happening, Roman Reigns' whole family behind him, his whole empire is crumbling down. So there's so much nuance going on in, in, on, in, on the storyline. I really enjoy this storyline as well. Obviously, there were, there were loads of people that tried to say that there wasn't going to be a storyline there with Cody and Roman when Cody won the Royal Rumble. And I'd like to think that, you know, a lot of us gave Triple H and WWE the benefit of the doubt that Roman Reigns has been taken care of in a storyline perspective for a long time now. So yeah. this was more than likely going to happen. There was going to be a really good story orchestrated for Cody and Roman. The only things that I would like to see going forward, and I kind of hoped that I would see more of in this segment, mm. is more of just things kind of ramping up. This kind of felt like we're still at the same period that we were at the Paul Heyman promo, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but when Paul Heyman did that whole promo and said that Roman was the kid that Dusty wished he had. Yeah. Cody really kind of got in his face and said, I'm going to do this, and you've now made it personal. Right. And this promo didn't feel like he had taken a lot of what has happened personally. Mm -hmm. It felt more like a professional, may the best man win, competitor to competitor type promo. I think... I, think, I would have liked to have seen this be taken to the next level personally. I think what what uh, they were trying to come across was Cody still didn't understand the gravity of the situations in. I think it's one of those cases where Cody is trying to play a game of poker. He doesn't want to appear riled up because if you appear riled up, it means he got to you. So he's trying to do poker where he's like, what Paul Heyman said didn't get to me. So I think uh, Roman Reigns saw that and he's trying to see can I still push a button? You know, can I still get in your head? And then it, it, it kind of, it, it kind of, you know, he kind of budged a bit. So that's why that response in the end by Cody was, ooh, you're good. I did not, you know, I didn't expect the level of, 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 of uh, deviousness that you, you have within you. I think it was a case of like sizing each other up I think next week will ramp up. And I, I know everything in this episode of SmackDown seemed like it was on hold, on pause. Mm -hmm. But once we get into more of the Bloodline stuff, there's something I realized that's really interesting. Because I was also kind of annoyed that we didn't see Jay. Spoiler. We didn't see Jay Uso on, on this episode. But as we go further along, I realized this episode today we're about to talk about is a crucial episode because we now nailed something. When we get down to it, we'll talk more about it. Yeah. Just for me with this particular segment and the yes. Cody Rhodes, Roman Reigns stuff, because after this, again, the focus shifted back over to the Sami Zayn bloodline stuff and mm -hmm. everything, where we only have so much time before WrestleMania. And I know that if they're going to appear on both shows, we do have a number of shows, like six weeks or six episodes of TV yeah. to cover, I think, maybe more than that. It might be eight episodes left of TV for them to really ramp things up. Yeah. But... 
I like the idea of Cody Rhodes not trying to break and Roman trying to push his buttons and get him to budge a little bit. I just think that before long, we're going to have to see Cody go to another step and have to, you know, really verbally eviscerate Roman and not just talk him up. Like you can, it's the old Jericho philosophy where you talk somebody up so that you look that much better for having beat them and everything. But you know, say that you're going to be a better universal champion than this guy. Yeah. The, the WWE universe deserves this champion that he's going to be the babyface champion that we've been longing for for years and years and years. I don't think so. This version of a babyface is the one that gets booed. This is like a Vince's dream. This is he's very pristine. He's very neat. This Cody Rhodes character because people like a little dirt. That's why people like John Moxley a lot. John Moxley for me. When you talk about the dream ideal babyface, that's John Moxley. Mm -hmm. What Cody Rhodes is doing. Um, um, because he's so sincere and we know his backstory and his journey and how he was never chosen, we root for that underdog because but how he comes across is not underdog. If you didn't, if not if a new wrestling fan saw saw Cody Rhodes, didn't know his journey, they wouldn't really relate to him because you can't really relate to the character that he has. But because we know his journey, because we followed him since the age of 21, we feel like we know him, we grew up with him. But if you just met Cody today, you'd be like, I don't get it. But we get it. Yeah, we know about the AEW, we know about Stardust, all this stuff that he mentioned. Without that, if you met him, you're like, dude in the suit, cool guy with a catchphrase, acknowledge me, I'm going to acknowledge me guy. But if you didn't know Cody's backstory, you wouldn't relate. But another thing I noticed well, while they're doing the promo, some fans were trying to heckle. Because, uh, yes, because uh, when he said the whole, oh, do you know what he said about you? And you can hear some fans were trying to say boring or whatever it was. I don't know where it, where it was in, in the atmosphere, but I heard little hints of little heckling in the audience but luckily you had two professionals in the ring so they was able to ignore it because when he did the whole you know what he said about you when that pause happened I can hear some smattering mm -hmm. with the audience was not going along with what's going on in the ring these guys are pros yeah you know Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In the meantime, however, we have the rest of SmackDown to get into because there were several matches for WrestleMania that started being built to on this show, or continued being built to. But right after that, we had Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan in another Tag Team Amnesia match. Ah, Tag Team Amnesia! I just feel like every combination of women's wrestlers on SmackDown has been a tag team at some point. You know, when you're saying tag team amnesia, that's why I came to that conclusion. I said, because the, the pool of talent has kind of shrunk, everyone's teamed up with each other one way or the other. So now every uh, pairing is now convoluted because you have to have some sort of tag team amnesia to make it work. How long before Tegan forgets her and Natalia are tag team and she goes back to being a tag team with Shotzi and they act like it's the first time and we're like, it's not the first time. You guys were originally a tag team. But yeah. The, this, this, uh, I wrote down that these two got history, Rhea and Liv. Mm -hmm. you know, they're a former tag team. They were number one, number two at the Royal Rumble. They lasted all the way to the end. They kind of tethered together. I feel like this is a kind of feud that should always go on for years down the line. I feel like uh, for Liv's progression, Rhea was a huge part. That heel turn is what set the you know, trajectory that Liv's on now. It's interesting, you know, like, because I don't really look at these two. Maybe it's just because I don't think they've had, like, a classic match together. No. And that, to me, is what really kind of ties two people together in a destined to do this forever kind of way. Whether that's, like, you know, Owens and Sammy or, or Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa or whoever it's going to be. You need that classic match that people will always point to. Because right now, yeah, they've got, like, history and stuff. But it... For it to go on longer than that, they'll need a, a great match to then go back to in years to come. People are campaigning Rhea's forever opponent to be Bianca Belair, which mm. is why people a lot, a lot of people are disappointed that it's not this year that Rhea yeah, yeah, yeah. faced Bianca. I kept saying that, uh, just a quick side tab for, for the audience, if they'd done it this year, it would have been like WrestleMania 15 where The Rock's coming up and Austin's ready there. But I would argue, let's wait for another year when Rhea's fully established. Let's hope they don't bungle this match because this has been a rehab project for Rhea. Rhea's had two years worth of rehabbing her, her career since facing Charlotte and coming to the main roster, her main roster run getting botched a bit, not having chemistry with Asuka in the ring, having weird matches with Charlotte before yeah. she lost the title. So this is like the journey to get to this moment. So facing Charlotte kind of makes sense because that is when her downward spiral started. As long as she wins... As long as she wins. I wanted to win, but we don't know who's booking nowadays. We think it's Triple H, but you hear a lot of things, and we don't know if Charlotte's going to keep the title. She shouldn't, because the Eradicator should win the title. The, the Eradicator has been taking guys out left, right, and center. So not in, in vain. Guys should not be getting their ass whipped in vain. It should be for Rhea Ripley winning the title. Absolutely. Big and Mammy. Rhea Ripley managed to win this match as well. They had some good action in this one. Liv Morgan hit a bunch of, like, code breakers off the ropes. One was a springboard. One mm. was just off the middle rope. There was some good stuff in this match, but eventually Rhea Ripley was able to counter. One of the code breakers just basically didn't go down for it, slammed uh, Liv Morgan into the mat, then picked her up, hit the riptide, and then locked in the Eradicator and had the uh, knee on the back of the head lion tamer style, style. and got uh, Liv Morgan to tap out. It was just kind of a tidy little match. It was 
not a whole lot to it, but I watched it and went, good. We made our, our Royal Rumble winner and number one contender look strong against a fairly credible opponent, as about as credible as you can get on SmackDown in the women's mid card. And I thought this was very neat and tidy. I thought this was good stuff. It was neat and tidy. But shout out to the little girl that was crying and her mom was smiling. I forgot to mention that in the edited <laughs> review. Girl was weeping in the crowd. The biggest Liv Morgan fan you've ever seen in your life. And the mom was like, I like Rio. <laughs> She's like, I don't give a darn. You want my little snot-nosed kid crying about? <laughs> but apparently, based on social media, she was able to go backstage and meet Liv Morgan afterwards. So Damn, bro. That's all it takes. I'll cry on a WWE show. Get who are you going to cry for? Who, who do you want to get hugged I from? don't know. <laughs> I don't even know anymore. No one these days, but once he, upon he, a time. He wants to hug a title belt. That's what he wants to hug from. I don't care about the belts. What is this? What is this conspiracy? You don't, what? You don't like belts? I'm not a belt, Mark. I don't care. I don't I, I, jam that championship. I'll take that from you. Yes, Luke. and the Quizmania Championship too. The trophy. The trophy. I'll I'll, I'll take anything. I I'll, I'll take a, a high five. Hot tag. Jump it to the stars. <laughs> 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 All right, moving on. We got some bloodline stuff. Because the bloodline stuff on this show was like, ooh, it was it was tasty. It was little morsels of content. There were only like a couple of backstage bits to really get the blood flowing on this show. But no one knows how good these segments are. Because when I when we break down to it, we're gonna break into the crux of what is happening, and yeah. and I'm so excited about it. So. It, it mm, these were the, like the tastiest bits of the show to me. And of course, the first one here was Roman Reigns backstage with Jimmy and Paul Heyman, and Jimmy is. He's been talking with Jay. He talked to him this morning. Yeah. And Roman's like, where is he? And Jimmy says he's not here. And Roman says, why not? Where? What's going on? Where is he? And Jay says, he just needs more time. And Roman says, how much more time? And Jimmy's like, listen, he's a little. I talked to him. He's a little better today than he was yesterday. And the day before that, he just needs time. He's waffling. <laughs> and... Roman says that he is running out of patience. Ooh. And he lets that hang. I'm not running out of patience for Jay. I'm running out of patience for you. Ooh. And Jimmy's like, all right, I'll go talk to him. And he knows the trouble's brewing now. Like, just trying to, to play all the sides, keep everybody happy, isn't working mm. at this point. Mm. Roman is losing his patience. Mm -hmm. He's getting pissed off. And now it's not just about Jay Uso and his will he, won't he thing. It's about Jimmy being like, oh, bro, it's all good. He just needs time. He'll come around. They got to figure something out real quick with this group. So this is why I'm excited because um, do you want to do the rest of the segments or do you want to break it down in between matches? Because I, I, I think we can just kind of go through as the show progresses because if this isn't the one you really want to talk about, as I imagine it'll be the later one. Well, but... he more or less, this is the weird thing. He more or less did say, I feel like he re each, each segment he reiterated one thing. Mm-hmm. Jimmy's gonna get got <laughs> if he doesn't yeah. fix this. So that's why I want to talk more about it. But we'll talk, we'll talk about after the last segment, so we yeah. don't derail the show. So Dominic Mysterio and Rhea Ripley are walking backstage, and they get stopped by Santos Escobar, who I can pretty confidently say is just a babyface now. Oh, don't don't. Oh, okay, I want him to be a babyface, but part of me is like, 
where does Zelina fit? You know what I mean? Like, I don't it, even know. Uh, like, he hasn't group. been with Legado del Fantasma They announced him the as of weeks. LDF. They, had, yeah. they, they announced him of, you know, representing Legado del Fantasma, Santos Escobar. I, they, as a group, they've done the babyface thing before when they were feuding with the D'Angelo the, the family. They can make it work. Zelina can make it work as a babyface too. It's, it's just that, because when we see much of the Judgment Day group, Involved, there's no reason for LDF to get involved. Mm. But again, Santos is so compelling, such a great wrestler. If, if he was a baby face, I wouldn't mind it. Just LDF hasn't been given a chance to shine, and I want to hear the chance, uh, the fans chanting "Legado, Legado." Chills, like those NXT audience. Yeah, say one thing, say what you will about 2.0. Those audiences knew how to get a act over. Well, it's like the room is so much smaller. It's easy to start chants and get people all on board doing something like that. Yeah! Yeah! But, like, you know what I mean. But anyway, uh, Santos Escobar says that he should have punched Dominic last week, and if Dominic is half the man that he says he is, he should go and meet him in the ring tonight for an impromptu match. He goes to the ring, and sure enough, immediately after the break, uh, they're having a match. Dominic comes Dominic was dressed for competition, though. Yeah, it was interesting. It was like, okay... This is a nitpick that I always have with with these type of shows. And I wasn't going to mention it, but they did like the progressive match flow to recap all the Santos Escobar, Dominic stuff and everything from the week prior. Mm. They did that to lead into them setting up an impromptu match. Logically, that doesn't make sense because, like, how you did how did video, you, video package ready? How did you know that that was going to happen or whatever? But it's wrestling; and it's, it's a nitpick. It doesn't. Oh, matter. oh, yes, I got logic. Why? It's coincidence. They were gonna do it anyway, just for mm. and giggles. I said the sh word. Bleep. Uh, they're gonna do it for the you know snots and giggles, and but he just happened to challenge him. So like, oh, we're just gonna go with it anyway. Yeah. So, so it's coincidence. 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 So of course they have their match. And I didn't think this match was, like, great by any means. It wasn't a match. They they weren't really clicking like you kind of would hope that Santos Escobar would in a singles match on SmackDown. They were really pointing to the, the Rey Mysterio mask that was just, like, sat on a mannequin head in the corner. You know, Santos being like, you're going to respect that legacy. And then Dominic gets the upper hand. <laughs> yeah, Dominic gets the upper hand. He, he spits on the mask. And, and he's like, oh, just, they're... Point at the mask and stuff. Santos, es- pardon me. Santos Escobar is literally like reaching for the mask as he's getting the heat on him. It's real wacky. And <laughs> Dominic tries to use brass knucks, but really it's to distract the referee. And the referee is distracted, and Rhea Ripley hits the riptide on the floor, rolls Santos back in. Dominic hits the frog splash, gets the win. Yeah, wasn't the biggest fan of this. No, Escobar should not be losing because he's still relatively new. They don't know. They don't know about him a lot about him. So for him, because I feel like that backseat interaction got a huge pop. Mm-hmm. He came across really cool, really yeah. well. Santos Escobar in that suite, and he also gave that little kiss to yeah. Rhea Ripley, and Rhea Ripley beat him up. That kind of like makes him look like a geek. I don't like wrestling. For me, my nitpick is when baby faces look like geeks. How am I meant to cheer for a geek? He got his ass whipped by Dominic, yeah. even though it, you know with some help. And also, yeah, that was the first time me seeing the critique of Dominic not being good in the ring. I was like, oh, he's it's more of an angle. Keep raising his hands. It's very nineties, nineties wrestling match. Escobar looked great in in his uh, interaction in the ring. But I want to say something about Michael Cole. <clears throat> You did not know Dominic when he was born. Dominic was born in 1997. That is WCW Nitro era Rey Mysterio. 
So you did not know Dominic then. You knew Dominic when he was a toddler, but you did not know him from day one. Because he went, I've known Dominic since the day he was born. Lies. Unless you met Rey Mysterio in 97. We don't have any proof of that either. You probably knew Aaliyah when she was born, but not Dominic. I just want to clear that up. That's like a wrestle nerd moment for me, because that's not true. I don't like lies. Michael Cole gets unbelievably upset about this storyline. And like... I, I'm not going to poo-poo that by any means because, like, sure, the babyface announcer should get upset at what the heel's doing. I mean, 25 he, years, man. Well, that that sort of thing. That's all good. But, like, he gets really worked up about it, like, to a to a funny degree. Because after the match, Dominic takes Ray's mask, rips both the eye holes open, and then Ray comes out and he's like, can I have that back now, please? <laughs> and Dominic's like, oh, you want it? You want it? Do something about it. Hit me. Headbutts him. Drops it on the floor. Ray goes to pick it up, and he cheap shots him. Mm. And Michael Cole throws a fit. Don't forget Escobar was like, no, the mask. No, not the mask. Ah! You just know that Michael Cole is going to just absolutely blow his top when Ray finally hits Dominic. And I guess that's what they're building towards, just to really have the commentary moment. Be like, yes! Finally! Raw! Why not? Because yeah. isn't one of the criticisms of Michael Cole is he used to do commentary like it's like a like an advert advertisement for jewelry or something like that. It's very I much have no more. idea. It, it, like people used to complain that you know he he's in show mode or you know or Vince is in his ear. He's like yeah, in it episodic television. Oh my! So the fact that he's showing emotion that's great because when Michael Cole has emotions, he's actually a decent announcer. So I'm happy because he he's, he's expressed his reason why he said I've known the Mysterio family for 25 years you know he, he he's heavily invested in this and i i don't i don't mind it it's better than when he's in show mode i just think it's funny it's all oh it's very funny <laughs> it's lol because the moment like, oh, oh, oh. waiting for that moment yeah vintage mysterio so after this we had the big everybody wants a shot at the intercontinental championship segment where drew mcintyre comes out he of course came out last week during imperium's match and watched from the ramp and this all broke down and the baby faces stood tall and such but drew mcintyre comes down to the ring says that we're four weeks away from wrestlemania and drew mcintyre doesn't have a match but we're going to remedy that i'm calling out gunther he wants Ooh. the intercontinental championship match at wrestlemania but instead of getting gunther he gets Sheamus coming down to the ring. And we were wondering how long this uh, Banger Bros shrew tag team was shrew. going to last. And apparently not much longer, it seems. I don't know. I think they may keep it going for a bit. I think that they'll keep their relationship going, but they were definitely teases of dissension here because Sheamus comes down and he says, Drew, what are you doing? You know how much I want the Intercontinental Championship. You know how much that title means to me. Mm. This was going to be my shot. How dare you go behind my back, come out here and challenge the guy that I was going to challenge. And he, he calls him a backstabbing bastard. And Drew says, all right, friends tell the truth, eh? Well, I'm here to tell you that you had your shot at Gunther and you lost twice. And everyone's like, oh. Because, I mean, yeah, you did kind of lose, Seamus, more than once, unfortunately. Great match, but you lost. But this then brought out L.A. Knight. And yeah. I really like this bit. L.A. Knight comes out and does his whole spiel. Basically the same promo that he cut last week. Copy and paste. Yeah. He's just like, 
Oh, let me talk to you. It's WrestleMania in LA. We need an LA night match at WrestleMania. Yeah. Yeah. And meanwhile, the entire time that he's doing this promo, Sheamus and Drew McIntyre have not stopped. They are looking at each other. They're face to face. They do not pay LA Knight one bit of attention. Nope. I think that is a fantastic little touch. Kind of makes LA Knight look kind of unimportant, but no, that but he was didn't also... say it. But he did say, guys, you may not look at me, but listen to what I have to say. Yeah. He did acknowledge the fact they weren't looking at him. He's like, he hey. acknowledged it. But it was also kind of the point of the segment because the New Day then came out right afterwards and it was just like, ha ha ha, listen to this guy. He's saying the same thing. And he wants a match at WrestleMania. He can't even win a match on SmackDown. Acknowledging Ooh. the truth. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this then leads to Karrion Cross coming out. Karrion Cross comes down to the ring and he doesn't say anything. He was wearing a really weird shirt. I wrote that down. He looked like a David Lynch character, it, like Wild at Heart with Nicolas Cage and Laura Dern. He had, because he yeah. had that little funky shirt. And because he shaved as well, he looked like a henchman in one of David Lynch's films. I, I, I like it because Strange is better than looking normcore because that's the issue. People say he doesn't look menacing anymore. He shaved. He looks, albeit, for me, he looks menacing to me. The outfit and everything. Hey, hey. And, and, and the femme fatale next to him, he looks like a villain. Just shave your head. I don't know what the holdup is on this. But anyway. Hair versus hair match. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. yeah. Mask versus hair. I mean, he, he had a match with Mysterio. They, they had the opportunity. then blew it. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> this, of course, leads to a brawl. Because Karrion Cross doesn't cut a promo. They just all start fighting. LA Knight jumps the New Day. Xavier Woods kind of gets thrown into Drew. And he's like, whoa, I didn't do that. But that gets Drew and Sheamus kind of worked up. They all do moves. Drew hits a hits a dive. Before he hits the dive, he kind of makes it look like he's going to hit Sheamus, and they both kind of do that, whoa, spot. Just like, whoa, uh, I got you. I'm not going to hit you. He does a dive to the outside. Karrion Cross hits Sheamus, throws him to the outside. Karrion Cross stands tall in this segment. I had a different idea for what they would do here. Mm. Because later in the show, they announced that it's going to be a fatal five-way match between Kofi, L.A. Knight, Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, and Karrion Cross next week. And the winner is going to go on to WrestleMania for the Intercontinental Championship. I, I don't know how you would get around just having a triple threat for no reason. Mm. But I thought that they would do two triple threats on SmackDown next week. And the winners of both of those matches would go on to WrestleMania. Mm. And like have Drew win one that would be like Kofi, L.A. Knight, and... Drew, and then the other one be carrying Cross, Sheamus, and Woods. Look at you being a great booker. And just have Drew and Sheamus both win those matches because as it already stands now, yeah. this guy. As it stands now, mm. there has to be some sort of schmoz finish, I would have to imagine, next week on SmackDown, where I guess Drew and Sheamus could both pin guys or get them to submit or whatever at the exact same time and then argue and both be inserted into the match. Very possible. And I don't know which of those I prefer because either way you're kind of you're either getting a schmoz finish, which I, I would not do, but it gets both guys into the WrestleMania way in a logical form, or you get the two triple threat matches in which you need to justify having Walter need to face two different people at WrestleMania. You give me logical options. Let me free some illogical. Okay, based on uh, the promo Gunther does later about the guy says he has no opponents. What if by fate has it that this five-way match, whatever match is happening, gets thrown out? What if it just gets too out of control? And he, and then Adam Pierce goes, you want a match? You get all of them at WrestleMania. 
imagine if that happens. That is, you know, that's potentially an option that this match will get thrown out. And when then... when everybody all came down to the ring, I was like, they're not setting up some freaking ladder match or something, are they? Because I don't think these are the ones that I would book in a ladder I, match. I don't. It would probably be good, but I want to see Walter have a wrestling. Match. You know what? You're right. I I'm with you. But at the same time, when I saw those guys come out, I'm like, these guys need matches too. They need a WrestleMania match. They're not doing a battle royal this year. I mean, they haven't mentioned Andre in a while, the yeah. Dre, you know, battle royal. But these guys, I'm always been a fan of doing, you know, a match for. If it was up to me, we're not bookers. We're just wrestling fans. It should be a yearly tradition to do a ladder match, a six-man or eight-person ladder match. That way, mid-carders that don't have anything going on will wrestle for it. This is Gunter's first WrestleMania, and you want it to be special. So in your mind, give him at least one opponent or two opponents that can showcase his ability. He doesn't do ladder matches often. That might not be a great showcase for him. Who knows? That can potentially cause injuries. You don't want that to happen either, because you know after WrestleMania season, that's when... The race begins. Uh, I'm with you. I wanted to. I I don't know. I want everyone. In, I want LA Knight at Mania because I don't know yeah. if it, I don't know if it's meant to lead to yeah. new unless it's New Day versus the makeshift team of Karrion Cross and LA Knight at WrestleMania. That silence. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I I'm not not huge on that. My and this is not based on anything, but uh, I was really hoping that when the LA Knight uh, New Day stuff was uh, starting that we would get some miraculous like LA Knight versus Big E match at WrestleMania. That has I have no idea how close Big E is to a return or anything like that. I haven't heard anything about Big E, but no. that was just me being like I miss Big E. Anyway, I, I miss Big E. As we well. will see what happens next week because there are a lot of possibilities. LA Knight might just win the match. Yeah, yeah just like, he got you know, a big pop. He got a big pop. He did get a big pop. He's People over. are behind LA Knight's yeah. promos. Yeah. They're, they're with it. His promos are great. He just needs to win matches too. But he's one of those guys, yeah, despite how much you beat him, you give him a microphone, he talk you right into it. Yeah. 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 So that was that segment. Immediately afterwards, we were shown Tegan Knox fighting backstage earlier in the day with Shayna Baszler and I guess Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey's arm was apparently injured in this fight before it was caught on camera, so I don't know what's going on here, but it leads to Shayna versus Tegan, in which both Shayna and Tegan come out to their partner's music. That that whole thing. So I don't I, like that. Head Cannon says that uh, Ronda Rousey said, I'm not, I don't feel like wrestling. They just film something where they say, I injured my arm, because realistically, would Tegan Knox whoop? <laughs> would, would she beat up Ronda Rousey? Yeah. Would Natalia be up Ronda Rousey? I don't know. I I, I don't want to say they can't, you know, be competitive in a match with her, but I don't know. It just, if this it, is real, neither of them are touching Ronda Rousey. Yeah, so it, it, it screams of laziness because I don't mind a tag team match. Why are we prolonging it? Just go for the tag team match. Yeah, I didn't get this, and it wasn't a very good match. It was really short. Shayna just kind of killed Tegan Knox. Stomped on her elbow, you know, the one where they do this and then yeah. stomp on it. The I like that Endeavored. Spot. The future yeah. Endeavored. I like that spot. But she just won with the cross arm breaker and that was kind of it. There wasn't really anything to it. They're continuing to build up Shayna and Ronda, but like I kind of would like. If, again, I've said this before on this podcast that if I can see the destination, mm. I feel like we are building to something. Whereas when we're just doing stuff, it just kind of feels more aimless. If we had the women's tag match at WrestleMania announced with like damage control against Shayna and Ronda, against, I guess, Becky and Lita, if yeah. you had that just announced and had them winning matches en route to that, 
I think that works a lot better. It feels like you're building up to a match at WrestleMania, whereas this just kind of feels like a throwaway segment on SmackDown. I am with you on that, because if you didn't read what goes on in wrestling, you'd have no idea where it, all, all of this is leading to. Even to the point where I was shot the leads and Becky won, because I was under, the, under the, assumption, the assumption that Trish will come back and cost him the title, then aligned with Bailey, and that was wow. going to be a WrestleMania match. Yeah. That's what my Becky thing... and Lita against Trish and Bailey. Yes, that That's was my fun. assumption. It's kind of like you didn't choose me as your partner. I'm mad, so I turn heel, which is like a weak way to turn heel, but it's just like whatever. And then you have Bailey teaming up against Damage Control, which is kind of convoluted. Why? But it'd be like Bailey saying, "Hey, he's a way to save the title," even though it doesn't make sense. But I assume that because now for me, it seems like it's leading to a six women tag match with the tag titles potentially not on the line. Yeah, if that's what it looks like to me, it looks like okay. Becky's got back up. Damage control needs victory. No matter what you say, they need rehabbing hard. Even mm -hmm. if the tag title's not on the line and people be complaining about it, I'd rather damage control get a victory over Trish and Lita. That matters more than when I'm winning the title back again because they need to look like a formidable unit. And Ronda, Rousey, and Shayna, what are they going to do at WrestleMania? I don't know. It could be a tag team triple threat match. Let's wait for Raw. Let's, wait, let's see what happens on Raw. Let's see what happens. Does Ronda and, you know, Shayna come on Raw and, you know, make a challenge and say, you know, hey, Becky, you got the titles I want. And then Becky continues to make fun of her for not being, you know, interested in wrestling and her promos and whatever. You mm -hmm. know what's going to happen. All that jazz. Hey, Ronnie. <laughs> So this show, however, continued on with uh, Gunther being backstage, and he says that it is embarrassing what's, what we saw in the ring. And uh, No, it's Walter. Walter, what did you say? I know. No, it's Walter. No. All right, Walter's backstage. Okay. That Walter's backstage, and he says that it is uh, a disgrace that all these men are... are, are Rambling about, and Adam Pierce hasn't got him. I loved a, it. I loved it. Hasn't got him a WrestleMania opponent for this great title in that ring, our sacred mat, all that good stuff. How do you not love this man? He's fantastic. Uh, absolute disgrace. They could not identify an opponent. <laughs> he, he, I love it. He's like, what's going through your mind? I want to wrestle. <laughs> I want to beat someone. I want to beat someone up. What is going on here? I mean, come on, Pierce, do your job. So that, that, that for me was like a nugget of information that he's going to get what he wished for. Because, you mm -hmm. know, Adam Pierce can be a bit petty as well sometimes. Yeah. Anyone not named Roman, he's petty. So, you know, be careful what you wish for. You might get two or six. Not three, four, or five, though. We then had, we then had a very perplexing segment. Because we had a special SmackDown appearance of Bobby Lashley. And I was like, ooh, that's neat. That's not something that we see on SmackDown. He looks good on SmackDown. Week. He looked good on SmackDown, by the way, just to say. Just, yeah, yeah. Sure. Put her business on SmackDown. Why not? Uh, I'm with it so far. Bobby Lashley comes out, gets in the ring, and says that Bray Wyatt has been playing his little kitty games and keeps telling him to run, but he doesn't run from anybody. Nope. So he's come to Bray Wyatt's show, SmackDown, and come face me, Bray, man to man. And then Uncle Howdy's music just starts playing. Just an Uncle Howdy video. I like, like his, it. It's his quite creepy. His entrance. Yeah. His entrance just starts. And then Uncle Howdy just like attacks Bobby Lashley from behind. And then Bobby Lashley turns it into his like his one arm press slam. Yeah, that's fine. Goes master. sets up for the spear. And then the lights go out. The lights come back on. Uncle Howdy's gone. And that is the end. All right. This. I, 
What, it what? was nothing. Okay, L- listen. I don't they have... flew this man in they f- for this... nothing. Okay, this is I. I do have an issue. Who is Bobby Lashley week to week? Right. That's a great point. Who is Bobby Lashley and what is motivation? The only thing that hurts the storyline is this Brock storyline muddied up Bobby Lashley. If it was the Bobby Lashley before the Brock match, the Bobby Lashley that was getting disqualified, beating people, Bobby Lashley just beat people up. Great. Let's do this feud. It's just that Bobby Lashley was a tweener heel going into Elimination Chamber, booping Brock Lesnar's nose, saying we'll wrestle him. He has security guards, and now he's not scared. The guy had security guards one week, and then the next week he's not scared. One week he's acting a bit like a heel, and the next week he's not scared. Now you're, sp- you're facing a spooky guy. You should bring your security team there. Makes sense. He wouldn't have got attacked by Uncle Howdy if he had a security team there. That's why I'm saying that my beef with Bobby Lashley is they don't know if they want him to be a heel one week, a babyface the next week, a tweener the other week, because... Let's get to Raw. Maybe Bray Wyatt does turn up. Is is Bobby Lashley still facing that feud? Or will he walk out and run away like a, like a coward? Will he need the Hurt Business to help him? I, that's the only issue I have. The, the portrayal of Bobby Lashley has been confusing. But at the same time, I enjoyed the one-hand spine bust on Uncle Howdy. That was... That was great. I like that. Because what would have made the segment crap for me is if Uncle Howdy, who's not even as big as Bobby, beats up Bobby Lashley. So for me, if Bobby Lashley beats up the puppets, he ruins the, the, the Firefly Funhouse set, he beats up Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania, he beats up Uncle Howdy or Uncle Doody or Uncle Caputi, I'll be happy with that. Beat him up! I don't think that's going to happen, though, is my problem with it. And I think that your issue with whether Bobby Lashley is a face or a heel or whatnot extends to everyone involved in this. I don't... Bobby Lashley, I have no idea if he's a heel or a face or whatever. Bray Wyatt is... uh, I think he's listed as a face internally. And then he's he's allied with Uncle Howdy, who's a heel. heel. None of this makes any sense, bro. I'm... I'm sick of it. Okay, but I will not, you know, jump off the train. I'm going to wait till after WrestleMania. After WrestleMania, I will know where I stand with Bray Wyatt. Because it is still cooking. You know, it's Royal Rumble, the destination from Royal Rumble to WrestleMania. So I can't poo-poo what is happening. Even though he's not feuding the same guy he started with. I think that's also kind of the issue. You can tell that they didn't have plans for anything. So that's why we're scrambling. Here last minute. Because Bobby Lashley is more or less picking up a script that's for Brock Lesnar. It's like, Bobby Lashley. <laughs> Pretty much, that's what Lesnar's meant to do. And Lesnar's like, nah, it's not going to work for me, brother. Listen, and, yeah. listen. I was with you when you said we won't poo-poo this Bray Wyatt LA Night story until the Royal Rumble. And then afterwards, yes, it was bad. Yes. And that, to me, gives me... Uh, they do not have the benefit of the doubt anymore with Bray Wyatt, in my opinion. Understandable. Listen, to, to everyone... I appreciate your positivity. You are a stronger man than I. But I do not share your optimism for this feud. I wish Bobby Lashley had something else to do. Oh, uh, me too. But at the same time, I feel like it's easier to poo-poo instead of waiting to see what the final vision is. It's kind of like, fool me once, shame on you. I'm on that stage, fool me twice, a shame on me. So after WrestleMania, if it's shame on me, I'll come on here in this camera, look at you guys in the eyes and say, shame on me, Bray Wyatt, I trusted you. And you make me look like a fool. But I'm on my way to WrestleMania. It could end up being, it might surprise people. That's the thing. Because your I expectation so. is so low, it's great. Everyone's expectation is so low. 
there's, there's nothing for them to lose. Because people are saying that almost oh, Lesnar might be a better match, which is true. It might be a one minute. The entrance may be lo- longer. But yeah, Lashley may surprise people. Well, Lashley is great. I'm saying Bray may surprise people. It may, it may be good. Who knows? Or oh, her business is beat up with the puppets. I, <laughs> sure. I just... Uh, I want everything to be good. I want this to be a kick-ass WrestleMania. We'll see. Yes, because you're a man of taste. I understand it. I, I just enjoy chaos. I enjoy <laughs> chaos, too. Within Not reason. this kind of chaos, Within though. Reason. Not this kind of chaos. Of course, though, we had the other Roman Reigns backstage segment, the one you were excited to talk about. Yes, I am. Because Roman Reigns is backstage with Jimmy, and Jimmy says that he just got off the phone with Jay, and Jay needs more time. And Roman says, like, oh, yeah, did he? And Jimmy says, nah, he said to leave him the hell alone. And everyone went, ooh. So Roman... Mm. Roman's not happy with this, and he says that tonight he wants Jimmy out there with Sammy. And I, I'm jumping the gun here because one of the best moments of the whole show was right here, where he said, "I can't believe it that he would do this to to me after everything that I we and then and, stopped, and, yeah, <laughs> everything that we did for him, because he still thinks that he's right." Roman, in his twisted mind, still thinks that he is doing things for his family. Mm-hmm. This manipulator, mm-hmm. this mob boss, putting his cousin through all of this anguish. Gaslighter. He thinks he's doing this for Jay. I love this character. This is one of the best characters in WWE history. Amen to that. So... He then goes from that into saying all of this started, all of this is happening because of Sami Zayn. This is Sami Zayn's fault. So, Jimmy, I want you out there tonight with Solo, and I want you to take care of the Sami Zayn problem. And he's like, all right. He goes off to do his thing. And Paul Heyman leans in and is like, that was wonderful, my tribal chief. And Roman is upset, and Paul's like, "Was was it not wonderful? And Roman just says... Tell Jay he's got one more week. And if he's not here next week on SmackDown, I'm not going to blame Sammy. I'm blaming Jimmy. So this is why uh, this segment is crucial. Now, Roman Reigns is a fantastic character. He's, you know, in his mindset, he's in the right. He's tried everything under the sun, nearly everything under the sun to get Jay back into the group. But what was the thing that got Jay into the group in the first place? It was Jimmy. He beat up Jimmy Uso near the inch of his life. And that's when Jay was like, yo, yo, I quit. I'm sorry, you're my tribal chief. I acknowledge you. So the reason why this segment for me is important because Roman Reigns had to cast back. He's like, I may have to go old school. Because Jay's weakness is Jimmy. He's the twin connection, the, the bond that they share. When Jimmy needed Jay, what did Jay do? Jay was there for him to defend the tag titles. Mm-hmm. All the other stuff he didn't care for. He didn't care for bloodline stuff. Roman knows that Jay will turn up for Jimmy when Jimmy needs him the most. So what's the best way to get Jay out? By putting Jimmy in danger. Albeit by himself or by someone else. And Solo's never been tested before. Solo just got free pass into the group because the you know the elders said you know to watch out for his back. So we don't know how Roman's gonna go about executing his plan. But still, 
Jimmy is Jay's kryptonite, and Roman knows it. Roman tried everything else, but he's like, gosh darn it. I have to dig deep and pull out the big guns. I have to put the other one in danger, and that's when Jay's going to come back. So that is chef's kiss. I can absolutely see it, and I think that could happen next week. I think that's really exciting. There Again, there wasn't a lot on this show to really get super invested in, mm. but it's these little tidbits, these little morsels of delicious wrestling story <laughs> that just, oh, they make me so much more excited for next week. I am too. I absolutely love this. So that then leads into our main event, that being Sami Zayn versus Solo Sokoa. And I didn't think this match was really all that special, unfortunately. It wasn't even, I didn't have no, was, all I got was the senton, and then it wasn't much of a match. No, it was just, it was just kind of like, a, yeah, it was a bit of an angle as opposed to a match. I really got the sense that this is one of those matches that the reports have talked about where they're looking to cool off Sami Zayn ahead of WrestleMania. I've really tried not to believe that report, but just having Sami Zayn lose, I get it's to Solo Sokoa who hasn't lost and is undefeated, and I do like that they're keeping Solo Sokoa strong mm. in that regard, but... They just pinned Sami Zayn. Like, Sami Zayn, they didn't do a lot to make this win not clean. He went for a halluva kick, and Jimmy pulled Solo out of the way, and then Solo just hit the Samoan spike and won. So that was interesting. That was well interesting. But it was what happened after the match that was more important. Mm -hmm. They continued to beat up Sami. Jimmy tells Solo to go get a chair, goes, puts the chair around Sami's neck, and Jimmy is like, no, 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 I got this. I'm the one that's going to be the do the hip attack and and end this man. And Sammy gets up, throws the chair at Solo and then hits a haluva kick on Jimmy Uso yeah. and just as he's about to hit the chair on or hit uh, Jimmy with the chair, then Solo kind of gets involved and he scrambles, gets over, hops over the barricade and Roman is just shown looking pissed off backstage. And that was kind of your main event segment, which was just not as strong as we have seen on SmackDown recently, but it does further Jimmy Uso not doing what he was set out to do, but that's about it. <clears throat> okay, so uh, going back to Solo Sokoa, they are in an awkward situation. So let's just say Sami Zayn beats Solo. Mm -hmm. Solo's meant to be facing Kevin on Monday, I think. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. That's scheduled, yeah. So what happens if he loses to both Kevin and Sami? What do you do with Solo afterwards? He looks like an ineffective enforcer. Sami Zayn is seen as a kind of wrestler where he can lose and you can hit him back up again. I think Kevin Owens may win by DQ. I don't think he's going to be him clean. But like you're saying, it is it is an awkward thing because usually within a, a group, you have a, the job of the group <laughs> that loses stuff. Right. Like, there is like that guy that always gets pinned and that's not solo, unfortunately. Yeah. And it should have been Jimmy. So you know what? It should have been Jimmy versus Sami instead of solo. Yeah. But then again, solo did attack him first. So I understand that Sammy said it. His mission is to take down the bloodline and he's already failed in the first hill. He's now been Kazarian'd. Wow. Calling him the elite hunter. I'm That's sorry. Uh, he does a great passionate promo. Look, no, the, the original elite hunter was Riddle because Riddle said that he was going to take down the bloodline and look what happened to him. He got taken out. Yeah. But well, that brings our episode of SmackDown to a close. Overall, I'd say this was like a three out of five show. Yeah. Not a lot happening on it. There's some fun things for sure. Like I like the Rhea and Liv match. I like Drew and Sheamus' interactions on the show. I like the opening promo. And I obviously like the bloodline bits throughout. But a lot of the rest of the show is just kind of like there. Oh, so, so we didn't get a chance to talk about it quickly. What do you feel about the uh, push for Rhea and Charlotte 
match. There's, there's not much we can say about it at the moment, right? It's Charlotte wasn't even on this show. Exactly. SmackDown Women's Champion wasn't even on this show. Yeah, it, I feel like this uh, issue you said, it goes all around. It's not just Cody and Roman. All the feuds have, have stalled. Even the tag title match, we're like four weeks away, mm-hmm. and that hasn't been announced yet. So the so this is why the, the week coming is the most crucial point to get WrestleMania heated because we're all excited about the potentials. Nothing's been announced yet. We're going to find out what the Intercontinental title match is going to be, the tag title match, hopefully, is what's going to be. So, hopefully, by next week, we're going to move things along. You're right. It's been a bit slow. Let's get it rolling. It's just a thing with me, and mm. this is just more my taste when it comes to wrestling pay per views and whatnot in general. And this is a big problem I have with AEW and such. I would very much prefer the whole card or as much of it as possible being announced well in advance, mm. like kind of the week or two weeks after the previous pay-per-view. Right. If you just announce all the matches, they would have been set up prior to that and then have as much time to build that in the weeks between the setup and then the the, the show. Like, Do you my know? thing with... Unless you're doing something like last year where Seth couldn't get on WrestleMania... And stuff like that, where he's just like he's fighting for his match and trying to find his match and whatever. Unless there's an exception and a rule or, or something like that, I prefer just having most of the card kind of set because I don't feel like much much of the card is set for WrestleMania. Right? It's now. funny that you said that because I was gonna blame Undertaker and John Cena for starting this trend of oh, yeah. like you know, having matches announced to the actual freaking day. So I feel like when they During saw that, the show, I think when they saw that, they're like, we don't have to announce any match. They will still turn up and they will yeah. still hope for it. I think that's what it is as well. They know that fans will turn up regardless. There's little nuggets being spread around the wrestling media, so they know what's going on. But I, I am with you. What you're saying, you don't need to justify. I'm with you 110%. Matches should have been announced weeks ago, so that way we're building to something. It's like it's like we're building as a story that's going along, and it's, it's getting too long. I mean, we're nearly there. We're nearly there. Road to WrestleMania! Hell yeah. Yeah! So, <clears throat> that is going to do us... For, do, blah, blah, blah. That is going to do it for this episode of the SmackDown Podcast. Pete and I are going to be back tomorrow for our live reactions of the AEW Revolution pay-per-view. So you're not going to want to miss out on that. And you're also not going to want to miss out on the newest episode of Survival Series over on Parts Fun Known with the lovely lads at PFKHQ. Try and name every single Intercontinental Champion. You can watch that right now. And you can watch the full uncut edition of that show over at patreon.com forward slash Russell talk at the $5 tier until then make sure that you like this video subscribe enable notifications to always on so you never miss any of our live streams sat play us out house of the black mass look at my sexy t-shirt jump to the stars jump to the jump to the jump to the stars Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.